Lord, I pray today, it wouldn't just be that we talk about you, but that we talk to you and that we walk in a love relationship. Help us, Lord, to be mindful of what the master is saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for doing that. Now, we're in a three-week journey where we're talking about being generous. That's what's on the front of your bulletin. And it's our hope that as a fellowship of believers that we would be a generous people. Well, you might ask, what does that mean? Well, when we ask people to formally, when they formally come into our fellowship, uh, we're having a membership class uh, soon, and when we do that, we talk about what is it that we want to be generous in. Well, we're generous in three things. You've heard these things before, and that is our time, our talent, and our treasure. And last week, we started with our talent, and that is that God gives each of us gifts, and God wants to use us. In fact, that's what we talked about last week, was whenever spiritual gifts are given to be given, they're not given to be make a name for yourself. They're, they're, you're given all these things that God has poured into your life so that you can give them. Specifically, spiritual gifts are given to strengthen the faith of other people. And so how is it that we strengthen faith? It is the only way that you can purchase faith is through grace. And that is in Jesus Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about your time. Last week we talked about talent. Today we're going to talk about time. Next week we're going to talk about treasure. I want to talk to you today and encourage your heart. And if you want your life to be centered on the kingdom, if you want to live a God-centered life, we will have to be more available to God. And if you want to be more available, we are going to have to have more margin in our life. And to have more margin, if we're going to have more margin, we're going to have to slow down. I had a young lady come up to me after the service who's a middle schooler. I believe she's in the sixth grade. And she walked right up to me after preaching for 30 minutes. And she said, excuse me, what is margin? And I thought, oh, I didn't explain myself very well, did I? Margin, and I tried to explain, is one of those things on the left side of, for example, paper. And it's left a space so that you would have a defined place to go. But there's margin there, and it can be used in time as well. It's space. In other words, if I'm going to come here this morning, I have to leave myself enough margin for me to get ready and then to drive here and to be available. It's the same thing in our lives. If you are going to be used by God and you want to be generous and make your life count, we're going to have to be peculiar people and have margin in our life. Our best requires rest. That's the truth. God gave us the Sabbath to help us pace our life, in fact. I read on the internet an advertisement the other day, and it said this, we are the new busy. We are redefining busy. 
Because we know that having a full calendar means having a full life. Oh, really? Interesting. Here's what I'm here to say to you today. A full calendar may mean a full life, but it does not mean a fulfilled life. They're not the same. And I've come here today to warn you to beware of the barrenness of a busy life. My wife and I, now being the age we are, raising our kids that were grade school and then middle school and then high school, we have witnessed firsthand how even in this world now, so many of us in this culture wear busyness like a badge. Our kids are busy. They do a lot. And here's one of the things that's really become more complicated in this generation for us. That is, we live in a 24-7 world. You can shop. You wake up at 2.30, get a drink of water, you can buy anything. You can make your house payment right there. You are available to buy and do anything. You can read email. You can work. You can work anytime. You can do just about anything, anytime, anymore. You can acquire, inquire, and find information anytime. Now, things have changed. You can shop. You can watch news anytime. You can be entertained. Look, Hulu, Netflix, man, it's all possible. I'm resisting that. And I know I've joked about this a little bit. I just, I, I grew up when Happy Days was on Tuesday night and I, it was all a big thing. You know, I was like, well, Thursday at 8 o'clock, that's when we're watching Mork and Mindy. <laughs> Y'all don't even know any of this. I know. Now they just dump it all out. It's going to be released midnight. And people can watch that anytime. We can be entertained. We can do anything anytime. I heard a stay-at-home mom describe her family as absolutely crazy. Parents struggle to decide how many activities are enough. Even students make that decision. Soccer, baseball, volleyball, school activities, show choir, band, church activities, lots of other school activities. Uh, you have parachurch ministries. And by the way, they have this thing called school, and they give it these things called grades that you have to keep up with. Our work schedules are sometimes make it worse, too. I read in a Gallup poll that 44% of Americans call themselves workaholics. And out of the recession of 2009, 2008, 2009, there was a shift. It was a reset. And so many times the downsizing and the mergers and some of the decreased revenues created a new and different way of work. And there's been research that shows that we're working about three more hours than we used to work per week. Now, I don't wanna downplay the importance of work and the importance of being industrious and taking responsibility. 
We find our worth in our work so many times in that we are expending our life, and that's a good thing. But busyness, with all of the different parts of it, is not healthy. Also, busyness, I heard a guy named Sidney Macaulay, I think was his last name. He said this. He said, busyness can be a way to avoid God, the meaning of life and life itself. So I want to consider Jesus and how he dealt with pressures and demands, how Jesus, he goes off to a solitary place, everybody comes after him, and they demand, hey, everybody's looking for you. How does he handle that? Because somehow Jesus was able to live with margin in his life so he could live on mission. And so that's what I want to talk to you today about. And that is live with margin so that you can live on mission. I want to just challenge you today that you would live on mission, living a God-centered life. And if you're going to be used by God and be generous, you're going to have to be more disciplined. We'll talk about that in just a second. Mark chapter 1, if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to verse 35. We're going to read through 39. And we read here, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go unto the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. The first thing we learn there in verse 35 is that we have to stay spiritually fresh. Listen to me. Intimacy with God is elusive to all of us because it hinges on one thing, time. And the practice of solitude, of getting off to yourself, is the only way that you can capture time. This is where I want to encourage you today that it's great to come to church. It's it's something that as we come together, we're encouraging one another. We're worshiping the Lord. We're trying to make our... This is our holy huddle once a week, all right? This is where we huddle up. And it's great. And it's great to be in Bible studies. And it's great to be in small groups. It's great for us to grow in the Lord. I want us, I want especially the students that are in senior high and you who are young adults to not only have that in your growth, but also to become self-feeding Christians. To be a people who walk with the Lord and to be self-feeding. Nobody, nobody can do what only you can do. And that is, if you're going to stay spiritually fresh, you have to do that. And this is where discipline comes into it. Now, if, listen to me. There is nobody in this room that is less disciplined than I am. 
I am the least likely candidate. I know I've said this before. I'm not too proud. I, I'm going to be transparent enough. As I, I was diagnosed with diabetes years ago. There is no worse candidate to become a diabetic than me. For me to have to make choices to have enough discipline in my life to control that. I mean, I'm the worst candidate in the room of all the people here. And the reason I say that to you is it's, it's a struggle. It's hard. And one of the things, I used to hate the word discipline. It's like, I hated it in sports. I hated it when I, you know, I was a, as a student and now as an adult. But you know what I realized? What? It's very simple. And I've said this to you before. I'm going to keep saying it. What is discipline? Discipline is simply what are you going to say yes to and what are you going to say no to? Who are you going to say yes to and who are you going to say no to? And you've got to decide that to become spiritually fresh. Are you going to say yes to Jesus and spend some time and step out of the traffic and get alone with God? Jesus shows us that. Jesus goes off to a solitary place to pray, to create margin, to spend time with the Father. And Simon and some of his friends, they come and look for him. You see those words in verse 35. You see, they came looking for him because very early in the morning, in fact, it was still dark, Jesus goes off and he prays. Jesus models for us how to stay spiritually fresh. It doesn't come by osmosis. I can't get a drip in my living room and have some machine that injects me and God puts his Holy Spirit inside of me while I watch football. It's not the way it works. It doesn't happen by osmosis. We have to spend time. Jesus is showing us that. How did Jesus do it? He unplugged. By taking the initiative to connect with the heart of the Father through prayer. So I want to encourage you today. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. And so he modeled that. So we have to find margin in our, our busy lives to stay spiritually fresh. But here's the next thing. In verses 36 and 37, we learn this. Don't give in to the demands around you. Notice what happened when Jesus was off praying. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. In Luke 4, verse 42, in a parallel passage, the people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. There were so many demands. The pressures and the demands were huge on Jesus. But Jesus knew that who he was and what he was called to do, and he wasn't called to be, believe this or not, just a miracle worker. He wasn't here just to be a healer, although he healed many. Jesus' miracles were demonstrations of the kingdom of God coming to earth in the kingdom of heaven where there will be no more sickness, there will be no more death, there will be no more power of evil to totally destroy. He was destroying all of that. And Jesus ushered in the kingdom through the presence as God in the flesh, and he was 
demonstrating what God's kingdom is truly like. And so Jesus didn't give in to the pressures and the demands of people who just wanted him to do what they wanted him to do. Life can be demanding. I know some of you are just sitting here this morning, I'm talking to you about margin, and you're like, look, this, I, look, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm too busy to talk, think about like solitude and everything. I gotta get my daughter to dance. I gotta get my son over to basketball practice. I get my daughter over to show choir. I gotta do all these things. And I wanna encourage you today Life can be demanding, and unfortunately, sometimes it can even be true of church and ministry. Nobody needed this sermon more than I did today. I have to be intentional about getting alone with the Father. Not just now, here's where I do think that life is really complicated sometimes. It's hard to strike that balance, and that is. It is wise for us to be responsible in work. It's wise for us to be intentional and have plans. But if we're going to be generous in our life, we also have to have enough margin to be able to be interrupted, to be available for God to use at any one time. In fact, Bob Yaberg, my pastor, tells me, Johnny, ministry is a series of interruptions. So how do I live intentionally? And Let me say one other thing that God's been convicting me about. You know, one of the most important things is for me to pour into younger leaders. I want to be available. I want to be generous. I want to live generously. I want to be a part of what God's doing in people's lives. I want to help folks. You know, something that God reminded me of this week. You know, one of the most important things that I do, I can do in my life, is not to fill up my whole calendar with meetings. You know one of the most important things that I'm going to do this week? Walk down the hall. Have enough time to be able to walk down the hall and be with people. And to spend time with them. Is there enough margin in my life that on the way when I'm in the grocery store, I am so hurried? Now there are different times and different occasions. I understand that. The baby's sick at home. I'm getting medicine. Yeah, we're, we're on the clock here. But if that's our whole life is like that, we ought to have enough margin to be able to bump into somebody, to give a good word, to be generous with them, with a smile, to be able. And we are living so tight that we're not even available. You know what? I want to tell you this. After 30 years of marriage and all these years in parenting, I agree that I think that you ought to have quality time. I think that vacations are a great idea. I think it's great when you're intentional with your kids. But quality does not come from just making time. Quality comes from quantity. You know, the biggest memories and all the things that I have, the goofy things that my kids remember and everything, it was from us going to a doctor's appointment or going to the grocery store or something like that. It's not necessarily that you say, I'm going to make a memory today that's going to be unbelievable, that we will remember for 20 years. It's going to be amazing. It's quantity too. 
You can't give in to all the demands of life. So we, there's this wisdom in this. This is what's important about the empowering of the Holy Spirit to not only the truth of God's word, but also have the leading of God's spirit so that we would choose in real time to slow down. There's a fallacy about busyness. Oswald Chambers says this, beware of anything that competes with loyalty to Jesus Christ. The greatest competitor of devotion to Jesus is service for him. The one I am of the call of God is the satisfaction of God, not a call to do something for him. This is not an infomercial for you to volunteer in our children's ministry this morning. All right? There are so many people that are very generous right now who are watching our babies and our kids and our students. That's great. They're pouring their life out. There's enough margin in their life for serve the Lord. That's great. That's a part of God's plan too for us to have an identifiable ministry. That's good. Get in on it. But I'm not here to talk about that. I want to talk about to you for you to not give in to every demand. Are you available for God so that you can live a generous life with your time? If you're going to do that, here's the third thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus said, let us go elsewhere to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. In church life, there is always a tension between staying behind and going out. There's this tension between reaching out to other people for Christ and then also staying behind. Here's the problem. If we get too much into the, it's, it's like there's the growth and there's the go. It's either growth or go. It's, and we, we, we do this thing where we're, we get really excited because we're growing and we love the fellowship and we love all that. And before you know it, it becomes us for no more. We love each other. We love our fellowship. We don't know you. And we just love what we're doing. The other side of that is, is that we're always reaching out and doing evangelism, always doing outreach. We're not growing any but we just keep on telling people about Jesus. And that's good news too. We ought to do it. It's both. It's both. And so it's not just when we teach, it's, it's, it's teach and reach. It's not just teach. To use the strategy to gather and scatter. We've talked about this in our vision. We, we say here, a place to land and a place to launch. We want to be a place where you can land and grow, and then we want to be a launching pad for you to be in ministry and to change, not only change the world, but help heal a broken world. So think about this. Jesus, back in Mark 1, do you think Jesus had enough to do in Capernaum to keep him busy? I mean, think about it. <laughs> He, he could have become the local doctor and the rabbi all in one fell swoop. Did Capernaum need a doctor? Did Capernaum need a rabbi to teach them? Yes. But Jesus knew his mission, and he kept the main thing the main thing. So, what is your main thing? 
What's your main thing? I want to encourage you. I've been thinking about this the week. And I, I really do believe that we should be led by our values. I believe that I wrote down just a, a few things that some of well, I've heard from other folks for years. I, I could tell you all kinds of things that Bob Yarberg has told me and other people have told me over the years. One of them is, Bob says to me, Johnny, without a marriage, you don't have a ministry. There's all kinds of different things that I could tell you, but just a small list of things that should be the main thing is for, for us to live faithfully, for me to try to simplify my life, for me to live joyfully and to be a thankful person. Those are some values that help me keep the main thing the main thing. And then here's the other thing, because in ministry you have to be careful that you don't put so much margin in that you don't really don't do anything. That's why I want you to live on mission. And that is this. Set your priorities of how you're going to live your life. So at the end of every football practice, Coach Ward would huddle us up and he would talk to us. And probably about every three days, he gave the same speech. People kind of made fun of it a little bit. But the guy won 10 out of 20 state championships. He was pretty good. He gave this little speech at the, every, at the end of every, every time that he gave this speech, he would say this. Now, guys, when you think about your priority should be this. God's number one, church. Number two is your family. Number three is what I think you ought to do. That is church. Go to church, your family. Then he would talk about how you have to go to school. School's more important than anything else. And then he'd say, football's last on that list right there. I want to encourage you today to set priorities in your life that you will say, God is number one, my family's number two, church is number three, and the world is number four. I want to encourage you today to set the priorities, live with margin so you can live on mission. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for your word and, Lord, the example of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you don't leave us alone, that not only did you give us your word, but you also empower us to live. And, Lord, help us to slow down. Help us, Lord, as we seek you. And Lord, if there are people here that just feel cold and empty and they're struggling, Lord, help us to slow down and listen to you. I pray, Father, that you would continue to speak to us. Help us to know you more, Lord. Help us to be a generous people with our time. Lord, help us to be available for other people. And help us, Lord, to be available by having more margin in our life. I pray, Father, that what is impossible in our own strength would be possible with you. Lord, we surrender. We want to live in your presence. We want to be in your presence. Help us, Lord. We need your help.